Good morning, church. This is the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice in His presence. We know that God's providence controls every moment of our lives, the good and bad. Uh, however, a Puritan author, John Flavel, he said that sometimes the providence of God smiles for us. And I'd like to tell you once again that uh, HVPC is the largest smile of the Lord for my life and my family the last year. So I'm so grateful for your lives, this church, and everything you are doing through the Lord's providence in our lives. So thank you so much. Generally, the human being, after the fall of Adam, has lots of self-esteem. The passion and admiration for selves ends up being so high that many times they cannot see the qualities of people around them. Generally, this self-esteem is fed through the money the person could have, fame, power, and other achievements. This personal admiration, which distorts the sense of reality, was well illustrated in Greek mythology, in the myth of Narcissus, a hunter in Greek mythology. He was a very beautiful young man, and many used to fall in love with him. However, he only showed disdain. One day, he saw his reflection in the water and fell in love for himself. In the beginning, he could not realize that it was his image reflect. After that, he fell in despair because he realized his love could not never become true. We can say that the present culture is taken for narcissism in all social spheres. People end up having a distorted image of themselves, and especially what makes them great. According with the current culture, we should say that power, wealth, and fame are the greatest marks of greatness. But God's word gives us another concept of greatness. So let's look together at Matthew chapter 3 from verse 1 to 12 and find in the biblical text the greatness or the greatest of all men who've lived up to his time. Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 to 12. Say the word of God. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet, when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself 
had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And he, his food was lobsters and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. So I say to you that from these stone, stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid in the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but... He who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the, with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the band, but he will burn up the chaff with Fire, unequitable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we are in your presence, worshiping you in the day that you rose from the death. Many of our beloved brothers are not here with us in person, but we ask you bless each of them, and may your Holy Spirit feed their hearts with your presence. And may their worship be received by you and your word speak to them. We pray with confidence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Beloved brothers, when we analyze greatness by the standards of this world, we realize that not even Jesus Christ was great. He was born in an ordinary family. His father, by adoption, was a carpenter. And even after he, when he was an adult, he never owned a business. He never had a house to live or even a tent. As he said by him, uh, about himself, he said, The foxes have rolls and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He had a very simple and basic education. No artistic ability. Nothing that this world could tell about him. He was great. When we talk about John the Baptist, he had even less of what the world says is necessary to be a great man. But accordingly with Jesus' testimony, he was greater than Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, 
Elisha. He was greater than David. But his father was one priest among several who used to officiate the service in the Lord's house in that time. And his mother, Elizabeth, was a very ordinary woman. Probably in his youth, he went to live in the Judean desert, existing as a hermit or an outsider. A very simple and low social position in that time. So in chapter 1 of Matthew, we find the kingship of Christ demonstrated at his birth in his royal descent from David. In chapter 2, the kingship of Christ is demonstrated by the circumstances surrounding his birth. And in chapter 3, his royalty is demonstrated by the foreigner or hero who precedes the coming of the great man. In that time was very common when kings were traveling. Heroes just go ahead in the trip, preparing the road and proclaiming to the people, the king is coming. And then the cities and towns, towns could be prepared for the coming of the king. So this was the position of this man. Simple education, simple family, not, nothing special, accordingly with the world in his days. But he was the greatest man. Just observing the Bible test, we're going to find what makes a man great by biblical standards. How could us be great accordingly with God's will and God's words? First of all, it's the man's character. What made John the Baptist great was his character. Take a look again in the verse 1. When the word of God says, Now in those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the, in the wilderness, wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, between the chapter 2 and chapter 3, we have a gap of around 30 years. The last event of chapter 2, we have a gap that nothing is said of what happened. Just Luke says one event when Jesus was 12 years old and he went to the temple and his father and mother went there and he said, I'm taking care of the business of my father. During 30 years, we don't know what happened. And we find this man, John the Baptist. His name is a translation of Hebrew, Johanna, which means Jehovah is gracious. Baptist literally means one who performs the act of baptizing. As we said, John's parents were simple people, but they were righteous before the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord. But they didn't have any child. One day, his father was officiating the temple, the service for the Lord, and an angel appeared to him, saying that they should have a child. And this child would be might before the Lord. He would be great. 
He would work for the Lord during his life. John would be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb and would make many children of Israel turn to the Lord. It's interesting that the testimony of Jesus about John says who he was before the Lord. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, the Lord says, Truly, I say to you, among those born of women... There has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. But what made this man great? It was his character. John knew his study. He says he never accepted honor for himself, but only for the one. Of whom he announced when men confused his position. When people didn't know about him. He never usurped the honor of Christ. He declared, I'm not the Christ. They asked him, so who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you a prophet? He replied, no. He was so focused to fulfill his position to announce the glory and the kingdom who was about to come. He was focused in the task the Lord trusted him. And when he said that he was not Elijah, it was an important point for the Jews. Even today at Passover, the Jews who do not believe in Christ... They leave an empty chair and a cup of wine is separate for Elijah. They believe if during the Passover today, if Elijah shows up, it's a sign that the Messiah is coming. We know the Messiah will never show up now at a Jewish Passover because the Messiah already came, our Lord Jesus Christ. So... John was so focused in fulfill his task, in fulfill what the Lord trusted him, trusted to him. He denied that he would be the resurrected Elijah, but Jesus identified the promise was fulfilled at the coming of the John the Baptist. In Matthew 17 verse 11, Jesus said, Elijah does come. And he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him. But did to him whatever they pleased. So also the son of man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. The Jews rejected John as the coming prophet. And not only rejected him, but also beheaded him. He was a man who had no thirsty for reputation, for applause, for approval from his society. He was committed to fulfill the work the Lord trusted him. He was preaching 
at the desert of Judea. It was far away from Jerusalem. But it was a sign and a call from the Lord. For that people who knew the law, who knew the promise, but had a very poor moral life. The Lord was calling them outside of their false religion. Of their empty spiritual life. Calling them to the desert to listen the, the voice of the Lord after 400 years of silence. Many people today, even Christians, are so sick for fame and approval from our society. We know people pay a huge amount of money for famous actors showed up, show up in their parties to be recognized by the media. Not John. John the Baptist had no need for men's approval. His character was committed with God's truth, with God's word. He was a man of integrity. And there is a huge difference between integrity and reputation. People today seek for reputation. But the word of God says that a great man should seek integrity. And according to a Baptist missionary article of an unknown author, reputation is what other people think about you. But integrity is what God knows you really are. Integrity is revealed in what you do when no one sees you. A great man, according with God, is a man of character with integrity. Secondly, we see that a great man, accordingly with God's word, could be demonstrated by his speech. In verse 2, the, the text says, he was in the desert saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John's message was so simple that could be summed up in one word. Repent. The Greek word metanoio means much more than suffering. But turning from sin to God. In total abandonment of the world's way. Repentance involves suffering for sin. A change of mind, a genuine desire for a holy life. Godly sorrow does not produce remorse, but a repentance and leads to salvation. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Paul had already demonstrated his faithfulness to God through his speech as John the Baptist. He was fulfilling his ministry. He was walking correctly before God and before men and preaching and sharing the right message. Repent. As Paul said also to the King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 verse 20. He said, but declare both to them of Damascus first and at Jerusalem 
and throughout all country of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, doing works worthy of repentance. Beloved ones, this message demanded a complete different life. You know, the Jews had a very high concept about them, themselves. They knew they were the chosen one of the Lord. They knew all the stories of miracles and great things the Lord had done for their parents. So, the simple fact they are Jews in their minds, puts them in a very special position. So when John the Baptist were before these special people, with a very high self-esteem, saying, you need to repent. You need to change your, your mind. You need to change your behavior. You need to turn to God and bear fruits worth of repentance. It was an astonished message. Many didn't receive in a good way, and we know the final result. He was behead. However, he was a great man with commitment with God's truth. He didn't negotiate. Also, Paul, neither any other man who lived in the Lord's presence. Only proselytized were baptized when they converted to the Jewish faith. In the OT, when a proselytite trusted in the Lord's word, they used it to be baptized, but never a Jew. It was not an act performed by Jews. So those who came to John and were baptized, they were recognizing the sinfulness of their lives. They were recognizing even if they were under Israel as nation, their hearts were far away from the Lord. It was a hard message to preach. So when he said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's a term different. You all know uh, Luke used the term kingdom of God. Matthew, as a Jew writing for Jews, he avoids to use the term kingdom of God because Jews use it to replace the name of God in order of do not misuse for heaven. But the meaning is the same. He's saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is arriving, the great king is coming, but you cannot join his kingdom. You cannot uh, rejoice in his presence, worship his name. If you do not repent, if you do not change your mind, turn to him. It's not use being a pastor's child or having a prayer mother. It will not grant you a special position before God. I always like to say, God does not have grandchildren. The fact that we are the third, the fourth generation of Presbyterians, of a very 
uh, important evangelical family, do not give us any special position. We need to repent. Every single person. Beloveds, we are immersed in a culture of intolerance toward, towards anyone who disagrees with it. We cannot allow the desire to be political correct to silence us in the proclamation of God's truth. If we want to be great before God, we need to tell people around us they need to repent. They need to have a personal experience with Jesus, as the Lord said to a very important man, Nicodemus. You need to born again to join the kingdom of God. About a month ago, we were in Colombia. Most of you know, waiting to come. And our six-year-old youngest son, Azaf, in the prayer before going to sleep, he said to his mother, Mom, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. And she replied, why, son? Because I still sin. I fight with my sisters. Sometimes I disobey you. And she said, well, you need to trust in Jesus' work on the cross. Repent and ask him to give you a new heart. This is the way. Few days after he disobeyed and, you know, we correct him. And he was crying. And when we correct him, we give him and also his sisters the opportunity to pray. And he was crying, praying. And I believe he was crying by the spanking he received. It's a biblical command. But during his prayer, he was saying, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And without we say anything, he said, give me a new heart. Give me a heart, Lord, in order of I obey you. And we rejoice. We rejoice because he already knows. There is no way to join the kingdom of God without repentance. Without a new heart. A new life in the Lord's presence. So we need to proclaim. If we, if we want to be great before God, we need to tell the truth. For everyone the Lord puts around us. And finally, what makes a man great, a part of his character, his speech, is his purpose in life. Look to the verse 3. For this is the one referred by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was lobsters and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him. And all Judea 
and all the district around the Jordan. For this is said through the prophet Isaiah. What we read here in the verse 3 is the confirmation of a prophecy. The immediate effect of John's ministry or preaching was dramatic. People were coming from great, the great city, Jerusalem, which was a considerable distance. Coming from Judea and all the surrounding district. Matthew will say later that people recognized him as a prophet. In chapter 21. As I told you, those Jews who were receiving the baptism from John, they were recognizing their sinful position. John did not have any concern about himself, but he was committed to fulfill his ministry, and he had the correct purpose in life. His purpose in life was share with everyone about the kingdom of God. Even though many who came to, to him didn't taste the new birth. But he was not fed by the results. He was not worried with many people. He was not worried with many fruits. His commitment was to Keep faithful to the message. To remain faithful to the task the Lord trusted him. This was also the commitment of Apostle Paul. When he was before the elders of Ephesus. Going to Jerusalem. Knowing that bad things were, was about to happen. And he said to the elders of Ephesus, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. Pay attention. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Success and greatness. To God is measured in terms of the impact on the character of people who live around us. The impact on the people under the exercise that God has placed our lives. Spouse, children, subordinates, friends, co-workers. And I ask myself, has my life and ministry impacted others? Has your life and ministry impacted others? Did you know, beloved brothers, that your family and professional life are ministries of the kingdom of God? You do not need to be a pastor or an elder or join the church session Every single person in the kingdom who received a new heart, received from the Lord a ministry. So no matter how brilliant your personal or professional achievements are, they are only minor in the face of the true protagonist who is Christ. 
So ask to yourself every single day, each new week, Lord, how can I really put you at the center of my relationships, interactions and reactions with everyone in my life? So your dreams related with your study or with your degrees, with your professional life, are instruments in the kingdom of God. Use them as a way to reach people outside. This is our great commission. Make the name of the Lord known through the life He gave us. What made John great was his character, his speech, and his purpose in life. Through the power of the Spirit, we will care less and less about our greatness by the standards of this world. And thus we will avoid the failure of Narcissus who died in bitterness for falling love for himself. We will be less concerned about people's opinion and the world values. And we will be more concerned with what John the Baptist said. It's necessary that he increase and that I decrease. Remember that our Savior said, the smallest in the kingdom of God is greater than John. That is, we have the fullness of the, re the relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit. We are greater in knowledge. We are greater in experience and see the gospel spread around the world. And as the Apostle Paul states, We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. May the beauty of Christ be seen in us, and we become great before his eyes. Let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We worship you for the privilege to be in your presence through the sacrifice of our Redeemer, our Lord, our Savior. In this moment, we ask you to give us grace. Give us grace to every single day be in your presence and seek integrity. Give us, Lord, grace to be faithful in our speech, in our deeds and works and proclamation. May the people around us see the beauty of Christ through our works, but also give us intentionality to proclaim the truth. To say to the people around us they need to repent and know Christ. Finally, Lord, give us understanding of your purpose through 
the position you put us in this society. And may your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, in our church. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to...